Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. All right, welcome back to another episode of the 90th percentile. This is your host, Jeff Ponce. I'm here with Matt Pajak. As always, we have a really special show today. We're going to jump into a little bit of a debate um, and discuss a topic that's kind of floated a bit out there a little bit. I think it's one of these things that happens over a few years when we get a super team at the amateur level, particularly at college, we hear about it with Alabama in football. You know, we've heard about it with, you know, multiple teams with basketball. Um, we don't really hear about it with hockey because who follows college hockey besides me? Uh, LSU versus the Oakland Athletics. Of course, the Oakland Athletics, um, one of the worst teams in MLB over the last several seasons, particularly this year. Um, and how they face off against this loaded 2023 LSU National Championship squad. Um, so for this debate, of course, I have Matt alongside me. I also have Jake Barnes, who is the coordinator of sport performance for USA Baseball. Welcome to the show, Jake. How are you? I am good. Can't complain. It's a nice sunny day in Wisconsin, so no, no worries. It's always sunny in Wisconsin. And uh, as well, we also have Peyton Remy, who is a professional pitcher, most recently with the Chicago Cubs organization. I believe he's been as high as AAA. Um, so he can add a lot to the conversation. Peyton, welcome to the show. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm good. Good, good. All right. So, Matt, I'm going to let you kick it off here, man. Um, you might have this. So I've asked a lot of people. I've had a lot of conversations about this. Um, I don't think anybody feels as strongly as you do in one particular way. And uh, without further ado, I'm not going to spoil it. I'm going to let you sort of tell the people what your thoughts are. LSU, well, lay out the question first, right? I should probably do that. LSU versus the Oakland Athletics for 100 games on a pro schedule. Injuries don't exist. Guys who have been injured magically are back. LSU has back Grant Grant Taylor, Chase Shores, et cetera. Um, That also means Mason Miller is now healthy for the Oakland Athletics. They play 100 times over a pro schedule. How many games does LSU win? Matt, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, none. (laughs) it's how many games do they come close come close to winning uh for me maybe they luck into one but it really shouldn't be any and it it shouldn't be close i think the question is how many games does lsu lose by less than five that's probably a better discussion but uh (laughs) for the sake of this discussion i mean honestly i think you know we're now in the age of like super college teams because of nil and uh that like LSU kind of released the Kraken this past year uh, by loading up. And I've you know heard rumors about NIL money over there and, and whatever it is. So this is the first time you really have like a college super team. Um, so I think it's a really interesting discussion. Mutual friend of me and Jake brought this question up the other day. He's a uh, pitching coach in pro ball. He said that it was lively debate. So um, everybody that I've asked in the past 48 hours that uh, has really enjoyed this question. So, Peyton is 
uh, another guy that I asked about this yesterday, two days ago, whatever it was. Um, and I think he's on the same side of the fence as I am. Uh, and then we've got Jake down there who, Jake, I believe you think LSU's got a shot to win some games. I, optimistically, I'd say like likely five, maybe maybe luck up to eight. I said five to ten and like my knee-jerk reaction, and then I realized just how many games ten was out of 100. So I, I, I think like five is a pretty pretty reasonable expectation. Yeah, Peyton, what do you got? Uh, I think there's no way they win more than three games. Like, zero chance of them winning more than three games. Uh, and that's if they play their best game with Skeens and Oakland has their absolute worst days on the mound and in the field and at the plate. There's that, like, the stars have to align three times, but there, there's no way that happens more than three times. <laughs> and and let, me, let me ask you you obviously have firsthand experience you've been on a professional baseball field i don't think the the remaining three of us have not uh going from the college game to the professional game how how big is the difference in terms of like speed what are the small things that maybe we as normies don't even necessarily think about that make big differences in terms of why you feel that they would perform so much higher um well the athletes are just that much better i mean uh the jump from the sec to just professional baseball in general affiliated professional baseball in general is a huge jump there's guys who play in the sec who are going to play four years of college baseball then never play again and that's completely fine but in professional and affiliated professional baseball there's 16 year olds who are worth you know, $2 million and you don't really realize until you're on the field with them, you know, they might be striking out a bunch and whatever, but then you see them run, you see them jump, you see them hit BP, you see them throw a bullpen. It's like, okay, there's something here, you know, um, they might not be the better baseball player at the moment, but you know, eventually, you know, they, they're the athleticism and the skill just takes over. So there's just such a gap between college amateur and affiliated, let's just call it affiliated baseball, professional baseball. I'm not even talking about the big leagues. <laughs> so we're just talking about strictly the minor leagues. Uh, it is a huge jump um, in talent. So Interesting. Yeah, right, Jeff, Matt. where do you stand on this? You know, um, I think that there is I, – I, I'm not as extreme as you are on this. Um, I sort of feel like the randomness of baseball – that you play a team a hundred times. And I said this to you as well. Like, I do think that there is some adapting that would probably happen from LSU just, just naturally um, after they see it a certain number of times. I think the first 50 games might be a bloodbath. I wonder what the final 50 games would be like, you know, especially if LSU does have some of those guys that could shore up that bullpen. Cause when I was looking at the, the team that won the national championship, the team that was in that game, that bullpen was so bad that, you know, you can look at Skeens, Floyd. I think both of those guys can have a game. We see it. I mean, you see gaps in talent, like on the Cape where it's like, there's guys that pitch for a division three school, throwing 88 miles an hour that just have a day where nobody's hitting their change up or something. You know what I mean? Like 
you see stuff like that. So there could be some randomness with it, but that bullpen over a hundred games is going to, that's, that's where the difference is in run differential. That's really where I think like the runs get racked up is off those guys that are throwing 90 miles an hour. <laughs> With well, those the, like unique movement patterns, like that—that's the thing is that when you know you see LSU versus Oakland for a hundred games, but like everyone's like, oh, Skeens, you know, give Skeens a well, Skeens only guys twenty of those games, yeah, right. So like that kind of shortens the the whole thing a little bit. Like no disrespect to Ty Floyd, but like. Four three five ERA this year. He gave up sixteen home runs in ninety one innings. Walked thirty seven. I mean, there's a chance he doesn't even start long term, right? So yeah, like, I mean, he's be. got good stuff, but like, he came on in the end of the year too. That dude's not getting through five innings against a big league lineup. Zero <laughs> out of twenty times right now. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like there are times where bad pitchers sometimes just get hot, like. And things are just working their way, you know. Um, I I think it can happen at least a couple of times. I guess I would so. like to to talk about you. Know, you brought up <laughs> the the point of adaptation. I think Oakland's going to adapt to LSU as much as LSU is going to adapt to Oakland, right? So like, it's not going to take like it's not going to take these professional pitchers very long to realize that like okay. Uh, here comes Cade Beloso, and I don't mean <laughs> to pick on Cade Beloso. He's a national champion, and and he's a a patron saint down in Louisiana, and and he'll eat for free for the rest of his life. That's great, but like Cade Beloso, after about five games, when he's seen each of the starters, they're gonna know exactly where they need to throw whatever one of their three or four secondaries they want to throw to make him either chase or swing and miss, like. You said there, there's going to be adaptations with these these college hitters, and like there's this old, uh, I can't remember if it was like Enterprise Rent a Car or something to that effect, and it's like 99% of collegiate athletes are going to go pro in something else. That's most of LSU, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, that's most might, of the guys might, that might have 13 guys that could be big leaguers. I don't think that's ridiculous. 13. I think it's a, a possibility when you factor in the guys that were hurt. That's a big number. <laughs> that's that's a big number, Jeff. A lot of <laughs> things have to go right for that to happen. Yeah, sure. But yeah. I think it's a possibility. I mean, it's yeah. not as if um, we haven't seen college teams. Like you could definitely go back in time and pick out a few college teams that probably could win more games than you suspect LSU would just because you have hindsight of like, Oh yeah, these guys were all big leaguers and like, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Didn't yeah, like, really matter, like, would they do it at the time that they were collegiate players? Yeah. Right. We're talking about frozen in time right now. These guys yeah. drop them in. All right, let's do this. Jake. You, all right. You got like five wins. Where are you manufacturing these five wins from? Cause I'm dying to know. Uh, So I kind of have it as this, right? Like, I think there's an outlandish chance you could maybe win every game that Skeens pitches. Just because, like, he he probably is the closest to big league ready stuff out of anybody there. Um, So, like, there's maybe a chance to win those games. And then kind of like the Jeff's point, the randomness, there's maybe, like, five out of the 20 games that Floyd pitches where, like, maybe you have a chance. And then it's also dependent on, like, 
your first inning, like Morgan Cruz get on base, uh, Beloso gets on base, and like Tommy White hits a new. And like the like those are kind of your chances. Like you just kind of have a good first inning and you say thanks. But like and then Skeens is good enough. But I mean, like I think there is an inherent randomness to baseball where I don't think five is crazy, especially whenever you have like arguably a big league ready arm there. Not to mention, like uh, like Jeff, you have the Orioles quarter zip on. Like there was an Orioles spring training team that did lose to a Juco like 10 years ago or something. So, you know, it, it's not not obviously it was spring training. So they didn't sure. probably weren't trying as hard, but regardless, you know, it, there's still a chance. I, I don't think you can rule it out. And I think out of a hundred, like five is not a big number. Like I actually had to rationalize making my notes on how the A's actually win 95 games. That, that was where my brain went. I had to prove that the A's could win 95 out of, out of 100, not that LSU could win 5 out of 100. All right, so it, you're going to need to go a little bit deeper on that. Uh, what about the A's? Because I don't have an Oakland A's hat, but I would put it on right now, and I would just sit here and I would listen to what <laughs> you have to say about the A's not getting to 9 – rationalizing them getting to 95 wins against LSU. I mean, it's like, so they have a bunch of guys that can hit. And and if you look, I think like Beloso was one of the guys I took a note on. Like that guy hit over 300 in college and played five years. And he's currently like unaffiliated. He is with no team. So you can reasonably assume that every single A's player is going to be a better hitter than every single LSU player by how much is where the question comes in. So it's like, is Tommy White that much less of a power bat than, say, uh, I like Brent Rooker or Seth Brown or Ryan Noda? And I don't think the gap is so big to someone like Seth Brown, but I think the gap is really large to like a Ryan Noda or a Brent Rooker right now. So that's kind of where the question comes in. Is Cruz... Like, could Cruz be in the starting nine for the A's? I think the argument is yes, probably over Tony Kemp. So, like, they have one positional advantage there, and that's about it. And then I think the biggest, like, the biggest kind of, like, feather in the hat for the A's is, like, their whole lineup is pretty much righties. And, like, Tommy White's playing third base. So, like... Just pull the ball and you're probably fine. Like what Tommy White fielded 850 in college this year. Like that, like <laughs> I mean, I mean, if we want, do you want to talk about defense? Is that where you want to start? Yeah, I kind of think that's another that was another point I was gonna make was the big gap in defense. I think the yeah. was the first one, but the gap in defense is pretty substantial. Cause even like even if you're like, hey, they got Trey Morgan, they got one guy there. Ryan Note is like a 70 defensive first baseman. Like, yeah. Note is one of the best defensive first basemen like in the affiliated baseball. It has been for probably like two, three years. Like I think you can make an argument. That. You can make an argument that there's not a single player on LSU's roster that can defend up the middle in Pro Bowl. Yeah, right? I, I would agree with that 100 percent Like Dylan, Dylan Cruz, I think, has a chance to be an average defender in center field, but like realistically, like move him to a corner and like 
there's other guys in that system that run way better than Dylan Cruz do that have a chance to be a better defensive center fielder for the Washington Nationals years down the road, right? So, like, Dylan Cruz has to play center field. He's got a chance to be, like, maybe an average defensive center fielder, okay? They do not have a shortstop. Nick Allen, who's the nine-hole hitter, was on the Olympic team two years ago, three-time Team USA as an amateur, hit 320 in double A last year, futures game, 70 defender at shortstop. Right? That's the nine-hole hitter. Yeah. Yeah. If Nick Allen goes to LSU out of high school, where is Nick Allen in that lineup? In that national championship lineup, he's probably your leadoff hitter. That dude's batting 209 in the nine hole for the Oakland A's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, here, I'll throw this one out there. Um, well, then, then why are there guys that are just uh, jumping from mid majors into the major leagues for the uh, Los Angeles Angels and aren't their worst players? They're mid major players, Matt. It's the best I, I can do. I don't want to answer that one. <laughs> Well, but seriously, right? Like, so there is, I mean, there is some. You, you, do, you, like, do you really want to answer yeah, that? Dylan after Cruz this. is with the Angels. Is Dylan Cruz with the Angels right now? He absolutely is. is also the same, the same organization that waved Lucas Giolito this morning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's, let's, there, let's throw them out as an anomaly. But the, uh, but they haven't. I mean, like, it's not like Shanuel's been completely overmatched and, and neither was, was NATO. I think they're both good players, but like some of these guys on like eight field would have stood out more than. I, I just think that they were finished. They're finished products. Yeah, it's not like there's projection to Nito or Nolan Shanuel. Like I think, I think there's some. I think there's some with both, but sure. Like like Shanuel, you got to hope that like he can hit for more power, and and Nito, there's more power coming physically. He's gonna get stronger. All right, let's let's not get off topic here. Uh, Peyton, you're a pitcher. You know about pitching. You've seen a lot of high level pitchers uh, in professional baseball. Um, I'm not assuming that you know about the Oakland A's, but maybe you watched LSU a few times this spring. Mm-hmm. Like Paul Skeens, I think this is this is an important conversation because this is, this was like, this is a huge piece of the puzzle because Skeens really is what Jake's hanging his hat on is like all right, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna go out there and give us a chance, twenty uh, percent of the time. Like there was so much conversation about that guy being ready to just be dropped into an MLB rotation during the College World Series run, and I think a lot of that was overblown. Like. Maybe you can speak to that a little bit of like, okay, this guy throws hard and he's dominating the college game, but like, what does that jump really look like? And from your perspective, if you dropped Paul Skeens, and and we'll also go to Jeff on this one too, because uh, you know Jeff Jeff probably has a pretty good pulse on this as well. Like, if you drop Paul, realistically, you drop Paul Skeens into a the Pittsburgh Pirates rotation right now. Like, what would you actually expect to see against a big league lineup? And like, where does where would he actually profile today in a five man rotation? Um, you know, honestly, I think he's gonna do okay, but I mean, he's gonna have lots of rough patches, like a lot. And his good outings are gonna be not spectacular if you were to plug him in right now. Like, his good outings are gonna be four and a third, three. 
four strikeouts, five strikeouts, maybe six, you know, he walks in some hits, you know, um, those are going to be, if you were to plug him in right now into a, the Pirates rotation, those would be his good outings, you know, four and some change, maybe five. Um, just because I, I don't know any of his percentages on any of his, you know, strike percentages, um, breaking ball, end zone, whiff rate, any of that stuff. I really don't know. Um, but I tell you what, you know, he's, he's going to go from college, the SEC, facing some kids in some lineups that are never going to play baseball after college, to facing a Brent Rooker against the Athletics, who's got nine years of showtime and, you know, was is a Mississippi State legend, right? Like, and he was in triple – he hit 360 in AAA last year with the, Roy, or with the Royals. <laughs> he was in AAA for more than half the season last year with, I think, at least 20, I want to say. Home, home runs in AAA, and the dude's got almost nine years of showtime. So he's going to be facing dudes like that on a regular basis. Um, again, you know, just because of pure stuff, he's going to have a few good games. And by good games, I mean three and some change, four and some change, a few strikeouts. Um, but the the big league level is so <laughs> – it's so far away from the SEC <laughs> – it is so far away that it's, um, you know, I think, I mean, uh, one of the last pitchers to just get plugged into a big league rotation was Mike Leak, right, out of ASU. Um, and, I mean, we saw that. I mean, he had a great career, a great career. But, um, you know, people forget about that. Like, <laughs> if we put Mike Leak into the big leagues, he had a great, you know, good career for anyone who's just looking at the surface of it. You know, but we're expecting – Paul Skeens to be a Hall of Famer right now, pretty much. Like, he's the best thing th- since sliced bread. You know, we have to remember that. There's people who we did it with before, and we know how it kind of played out. You know, even Finnegan, right, from TCU. Oh, yeah. Great run out of the bullpen, helped him win a World Series. I think he's in AAA still with the Reds or another team, you know. And great, another great career, better career than I had. Um, way more talented. But, uh you know, it's just as a starting pitcher <laughs> to get plugged in as a starting pitcher straight from the SEC or any college league. It's that's uh, he would struggle a lot, a lot. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. That's why I use Indeed for our hiring at Baseball America. It allows me to do everything on one website. I get quality candidates. I can schedule them. I can interview them. I can screen them. I can send messages to them all within Indeed. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Just go to Indeed.com slash Baseball America right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Yeah, Jeff, what do you think? Um... Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't really know if there's, because I was looking at it again too, and like, it's funny to think like LSU didn't even win their division in the SEC this year; they actually finished behind Arkansas. You know, um, like kind of putting that into perspective too, right? I, I think Skeens would probably be like a five to six ERA guy, and. A lot of that is like if we get February to like whatever April schemes where he's at his peak and everything was really crisp. You know, I think he's going to have some games where he can dominate. Um, the fastball shape isn't crazy, but he throws, you know, 99 to 100 consistently. And there aren't many guys that can land it, even in the big leagues at 99 to 100 consistently for five or six innings. So you got to hope that you can get that. Um, but there's going to be, as, you know, I think as, as Peyton said, there's going to be some really bad rough patches. So that's kind of what the issue is. It's like how bad are the rough patches and how good are the good moments? Like it, could he go five scoreless? Is that even in like the world of possibility that he could do that once or twice? Um, but still, even if that happens, you have to go to that bullpen. And I just don't know if they have anybody that they could bridge for the next four innings, you know, even if like Grant Taylor comes in and pitches well for three innings, you know, who do you go to in the ninth? They don't really have like, they don't even have like an elite college closer. Like they don't have somebody that you're just, I mean, even like the guy, the guy, the previous year, Resselman probably had nastier stuff than anybody that was in this pen recently. And I watched him get blown up in a complex league game, like, (laughs) like three weeks ago. Um, so I think that kind of puts it into perspective. I just, I think that the, the saving grace of this conversation is what Jake said, that there's just some randomness in baseball, you know? Um, it's like, I don't think it's as random, but there are times where really great soccer teams like internationally can lose in the league or even in like the FA cup. Like if you ever watched that before, Matt, it's like all of the, the English teams, you know, um, in all the different divisions 
compete in this cup. So you'll get like a fourth division team once in a while that will like sneak in or a third division team will like beat uh, for one game, like a premier league club, you know? So there is some randomness and there is some precedent that something crazy like that could happen. I guess here, if, if I can redirect the conversation, because I think that where we're at right now, there's not a, there, we need like some feverant like FS, uh, LSU fan to come on here and like, I swear to God, it's going to be 30 to 40 games. Jake, put the hat on. Jake, put oh, the hat on. We need, we need that person to come on and say that. Um, what about a, what about a double A team? Pick any double A team. Um, you have some experience recently. Okay. Any double A so, team, 100 games, same deal. Um, hmm. They play six, six out of seven games, uh, six games a week, right? Okay. Um, how many times does LSU beat a double A team? Uh, that depends. Um, is the double A like you know, there's always movement, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, the team you get at the beginning of the year is de- clearly not the team you have at the end of the year, but there's pat, there's you know, kind of spurts throughout the year where you're like, holy cow, this team right now, yeah, is loaded, you know, or we've we've had six right. big leaguers. <laughs> You know, guys get called up through here, you know, and whatever. So, um, I mean, especially from double A, you see guys make the jump yeah, to the big leagues from double A. And, um, shoot, I I played with the uh, Southern League uh, battle title, Southern League double uh, A batting title winner last year, Jake Slaughter. Paul Skeens ain't getting him out more than a few times. I don't care if he starts on 108. You know, and then he's got to face Christopher Morell, who is the heart and soul of the Chicago Cubs right now. He's in double A last year for, you know, 40 games or whatever it was, hitting 380 with 13 nukes <laughs> before getting called up to the show. So, um, so yeah, no, I mean, uh, just going off of the Chicago Cubs 2022 double uh, A roster last year, um, our A roster lineup. There's, there's just no way there. And especially with our pitching staff, you know, we got off of that staff, we got several dudes who are in the show, you know, our best, you know, Jordan Wicks, he just debuted the other night for, uh, for the Cubs, you know, Kansas state first rounder, whatever. Great, great competitor, great competitor. He's not the ace or maybe even the two at LSU, but he's in the show right now with the Cubs. You know, if he's in the SEC, you know, they might go, uh, you know, he's going to be our two, maybe three lefty who throws strikes with a good changeup because that's college baseball. But, you know, he can pitch. He can truly, truly pitch. And it's, it's something, it's, it's amazing to watch, you know, those those high elite level guys because you see them in double A and then shoot, nine months later they're striking out nine in the big leagues and they're he's he, the guys like that, you know, they're gonna have eight, nine, ten, eleven years in the big leagues. Um no matter what. You know, I don't know how many guys on LSU staff project to have ten years of ten years of service time right now. Yeah. Maybe well I just I think back to like Right, and let's just look at Paul Skeens for a second. Like the fastballs, he like he throws hard, no doubt, and it's it's around the zone. Uh, he can dot it up. You, like you said, there is like there's kind of he's in a gray area with the shape where it's not really like ride or run. So you maybe there's some tinkering that needs to be done with the fastball shape. Right, like Jeff, what would you put on the slider? 
like 2080. I think in college it was a 70, but the movement that I've seen on the professional data looks more like a six. Like it, it doesn't have, I mean, he was at like 85 to 87 early in the year in college. And it's also college trackman data. So there's some, right. <laughs> you know, um, gray area here. And the ball's a little bit different. But I mean, that thing was like 85 to 87 with like 12 to 13 inches of sweep. I mean, that's that's a that's a death car. You don't see pitches like that, frankly. But it's not that in pro ball, you know. Right. It's a, it's a different pitch thus far. I think his changeup is actually better than we realize. I think that um, that will be a better pitch for him in pro ball, and I'll actually have to throw it. He hasn't had to throw it, uh, you know, collegiately. And I saw it a lot of it before, like, we got this iteration of Paul's schemes. He used to throw that changeup just as much as the slider, and the slider was more like a gyro slider uh, when I saw him in the Cape in 21. As a yeah, I, I just think that, like, right now, or it not right now, just – you know, what he heavily relied on for his 209 strikeouts this year in college baseball is the fact that, like, he was sitting 100 for the entire start, and most of the guys he was facing aren't professional hitters, right? But I think back yeah. to, like, when and, and it's not the same pitcher by any means, but when Dustin May had his first go-around in the big leagues, Dustin May was really good, and he was 100-102, demon sinkers, right? And... Yeah he'd be at a hundred pitches, five innings because you get two strikes on a guy, but he didn't have a put away pitch. Right. And I think like that's going back to the big league conversation, but that's also going back to like the double A conversation is like, that's great that you throw hard, but you better be able to put a guy away. Otherwise they're just going to keep fouling balls off. And that's what happened to Dustin May's first go around in the big leagues is that he gets the two strikes early in the count. And then he ends up running up seven or eight pitches on an at bat before a guy, you know, rolls it over the shortstop. It's good he didn't have that out pitch. And that's why I think you've seen Dustin May since then. Like he's got a fastball with ride, and like, you know, he went into the the Dodgers lab and came out a mutant. Um but like that's like it that's where like development needs to happen. I'm not saying that Skeens is three years away from the big leagues. Like I think he's gonna be fast to the big leagues, but like there's some development that needs to happen as you adjust to facing guys who get paid to do this for a living. So I think I'm with Remy. Uh how many games? Two how many games games? against the double A team? Good double like, A team. If it's a hundred double A games. Not an outlier double A team like the okay. Hartford Yard Goats with like uh the beginning of the season with like Hunter Goodman, who's now in the big leagues. Uh, Zach Veen. Uh, I mean, shoot. Pretty good defensively. Julio Carreras. They don't have a ton of pitching. If they played some the Chattanooga Lookouts last year 100 times with Matt McClain, Ellie De La Cruz, you know, or even the year before that. Andrew, Andrew Abbott's on that team, too. Yeah, even the year before that, you know, with uh, um, Hunter Green and Lodolo. Um shoot <laughs> you know i i've seen it i've played against them i've i gotta think i got a career eight against the lookouts <laughs> and hey i mean i don't throw a hundred like skeins but uh you know if they play a hundred games 66 games a week i bet they could win maybe 15 maybe that was my number 15 maybe 10 to 15, maybe, maybe 20, maybe. <laughs> and 
and that's just with you know the luck. But I think it. that that puts it in perspective. I mean, because you guys are pretty staunchly like zero to three, right? I put you into that category. If we had different buckets, we were throwing answers into. Yeah. Um, Jake was more three to five, I think. Maybe he, he said yeah. that was eight. Um, yeah, generous eight five five would be my guess. So where are you at? Where are you at with a with a double A team? Because I will say this too. Like I think triple A teams are very experienced. But from a talent perspective, the best level in the minors is probably double A just from going to 100 games a year. Um, not to say double A, triple A teams wouldn't be better. They would be. But from a talent perspective, like actual prospects, like upside, you have, I think, more of it in double A across the board. Like those are the best lineups, I think, in, in my yeah. minor league baseball. Yeah, I've seen one double A game this year, and it was a Dodgers versus Twins double A, and Nick Brasso pitched. And I mean, like, you know, I mean, you could throw away every game that he's throwing for LSU, like they or against LSU, like they they aren't winning those games. And then it's like Diego Cartaya is still the catcher for Dodger, for the Dodgers double A. Like that guy's probably the best catcher in college baseball if he's there right now by a pretty fair margin. I mean, so I don't think my projection would go farther than like the 15 they're at. Cause it's kind of like you said, like double A is extremely talented. Now, like granted, you know, there are more mistakes made in a game, but LSU is going to make that many more mistakes fielding too. I, I would argue. So I got a question. Should have asked this way earlier. Is LSU using metal bats? Mm. No, no, they're okay. using wood. Yeah. I always, yeah, I, I took it since they were always using wood bats. Okay, and, and they're using feels high against that, the that, that affects it a little like, bit. That affects it a little bit, but that even like, it's like, yeah, some of those guys, yeah, like, this just the facts they'll never swing a wood bat in their life. Like, <laughs> it's one of the reasons why they won't play professional baseball is because a scout knows they cannot hit with a wood bat. It's just a different game, it's just it's completely different. The sweet spot's smaller, you know, ball doesn't go as far. It's just, it's heavier. The weight balance is just, you know, the balance and weight is just different. It's mm-hmm. a completely different game with the metal or with the metal versus wood bat, especially when you bring velocity into it. So, and, and Jake brought up Cade Beloso earlier. And Jake, what did Cade Beloso hit this year at LSU? Uh, it was like just over 300. Uh, let me see. I can pull it up real quick. He, yeah, but pull up Cade three, Beloso. 324. 16 bombs, 38 walks to 32 Ks. So, yeah, you like Cade Beloso. That's that's fine. He's he's probably a nice guy. Do you know who Seth Brown is? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, Seth Brown rakes. Like he, I mean, he's 30 bomb power at the big leagues for multiple years at this point. Well, that, that's all. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. You might have to fact check that one. Yeah, yeah, go fact check that one. But I've I've got Seth Brown as a career 300 hitter in 116 Triple A games with 37 home runs. So he's one home run every three Triple A games he played in as a 300 hitter with a wood bat. (laughs) And like, ask most people who watch baseball who Seth Brown is. They've got no idea. And and meanwhile, uh, Jared Jones hit 190 on the Cape this summer. Right. I mean, like if we go to let's go to this LSU lineup real quick and just realistically, you you drop that LSU lineup from the national championship game against the Oakland A's. Okay. 
Like I have I think, it in front of me. Yeah, I think I think Travinsky bats under a hundred over the hundred games. I think Trey Morgan's got a shot to be around two thirty. He might get a home run because he doesn't have much power with a metal bat. I think he but might hit some that, doubles. He might have some doubles. Sneak him down the line and you know run to second, shoot some gaps. Dugas is hitting under a hundred. Jordan Thompson is hitting under a hundred. Uh, I've got Tommy White between 180 and 220, and maybe runs into a few. I've got Josh Pearson between 100 and 150. I've got Dylan Cruz between 230 and 270. He's a little bit of a wild card because I do think he adjusts, and I do think he's a good enough hitter to adjust maybe by the midway point of the 100 games. I think he might have 10 to 12 home runs on the high side. Okay. Uh, Braden Jobert is batting under 100. Cade Beloto is batting under 100. So that's one, two, three, four. That's five of your your starting nine that I think are batting under 100 for the 100 games. So I and they are they are playing. I don't play too. <laughs> yeah, they got three teenagers in this lineup. Yeah. Well, there you go. I don't know. I, it, I'm gonna I'm gonna before we wrap this thing up. The conversation I had earlier this morning kind of threw like an interesting spin on this. So I, I think this is an important question to ask and, and we'll let, let Jake and Peyton kind of figure out what they want to do with this, because it, this would, if this would technically make you have to think about this question differently. We're thinking about this traditionally where Skeens throws game one, Ty Floyd throws game two, Thatcher Hurd. Game three, Chase Shores, Grant Taylor. That's that's your five-man rotation. They rotate every five for the 100 games, uh, which means that LSU is restricted to what's in their bullpen to fill the rest of those innings once they get through their starters, which means go-to guys like Riley Cooper, uh, Blake Money, Gavin Gidry, right? If LSU decided, okay, we're going to be non-competitive in 80 of these games. And we are going to stack schemes. Floyd's coming out of the pen. Hurd's coming out of the pen. Chase Shores, who throws a hundreds coming out of the pen. Grant Taylor's potentially coming out of the pen. And they make sure that those guys are, are rearing and ready to go for 20 out of the hundred games. And they just, again, they just say, all right, we're 0 and 80 in those other games. We're just going to, throw whoever out there. Does that change anything? Jake, you no. I, I think it's still five. I mean, that that's kind of like the ideal scenario I run through in my head is that like you, you know, you only have 20 games that you could have a chance to win maybe 25 if you're lucky. So it's like, you're kind of throwing all your eggs into that one basket. So I, I mean, that wouldn't change my projection at all. Cause I, I think that's how you kind of, try to play it if you want to optimize your chance to win games is it, the day that Skeens throws, everybody's on five days rest. We started our bench guys the day before we're coming off an off day. Like we are fresh and ready to go and we're going to throw everything we can at the A's to win. Like that, that was kind of the scenario that got me to five. So I think the projection would still be five. Remy, you didn't have to think about that one. No, I mean, I think, yeah, every dog's going to have their day. But in that scenario, you're going to have to have all your dogs have their day 
on the same day, multiple days, you know? So, uh, no, it doesn't change anything for me. I mean, at the end of the day, there's still some teenagers out there playing dudes who are, you know, in the big leagues when they were in middle school. So it's just a fact. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think I'm with you on that one. I think, uh, the scenario where LSU potentially gets one is probably that scenario. Yeah. Ponce, you got any thoughts on that? I'm with you, man. I got nothing else here. I have, I have no, I have no idea how to, how to put this into perspective. We need a, we need a Rocky style futuristic matchup for all these guys, but just make it happen. We got to go find an LSU super fan. We do. To come on here and, and make an argument oh, yeah. that they that they would win fifty games against Oakland A's. <laughs> I, I, like, I, like, I don't know. I problem. disagree with you. Sixty games, Matt. They're gonna win sixty. That's just phew. all right. Uh before we wrap this thing up, we're doing this on the back end as opposed to the front end. Uh this is this is the old grade the sandwich situation. We just found out that Subway and Jimmy John's are basically the same thing. Jeff, is that right? Yeah, yeah. It sounds like uh, they're going to be owned by the same uh, investment firm. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, so we have our guests on a 2080 scale grayed out sandwich spots. Um, these sandwich spots that most people know about. Subway, James Jonathan's, Jersey Michael's, and Capriati's. All right, so... 2080 or just pref them out. Uh, and if there's one that you wouldn't eat or one that you would always choose over the others, you know, feel free to chime that in. Uh, Remy, I'm going to let you start on that one. Oh, shoot. Subway, 30. Jimmy John's, 30. Um, I'm a firehouse subs kind of guy, though. I prefer, I like firehouse subs. Um, even them though, you know, 40, um, the old Quiznos toaster though, the toasted sub from Quiznos, that's 80 grade, 80 grade. Wow. Um, Jersey Mike's, uh, depends on what you get. You know what I mean? Um, I'm a sandwich guy too. So I mean, uh, Jersey Mike's will go about 40. That's about it. That's what was the other one? Capriati? Yeah. I've never actually had that spot. Is that a East Coast thing? I, I think it originated in Delaware, but they've got one right over by Pendistry. Huh. I'm about to check it out. I've, I haven't checked it out. So, Are you in later? Because I'll, I'll bring you a Capriati sandwich. I'm here all day, man. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> you already gave me a pair of shoes. I got to hold up my end of the bargain. Yeah, you got <laughs> You gotta start cattle prodding your chickens. To start hey, we had ten out. eggs yesterday. Ten eggs. <laughs> Let's go. We're getting there, baby. We're getting there. Oh, All right, Jake. What do you got? Um, I'll, I'll kind of start on the higher end. New Jersey Michaels. That's a that's a sixty grade for me. Uh, you know they fresh cut the meats. Danny DeVito's in the ad campaign. Uh, it, I mean New Jersey Michaels is is well up there for sure. Subway's a twenty grade. I. I won't step foot in the subway. I'm a, I'm against it. I'm good. Um, Not Jimmy even for John's. A Jimmy John's. I have so many Jimmy John sandwiches throughout a summer in a box lunch. 
and it's like a 30 grade sandwich where I'm like, I'm going to eat sustenance and like, I'm going to be able to get through my day. And then in the evening, I'll figure something out. Um, let's see where, where else are we go. And firehouse is like a, a solid 45, 50. Uh, I'll, I'll go 50. I don't like half grades where we got to make a decision here. It's like a pretty average sub. Uh, I'll take it. Um, now there, there's a, there's a 70 grade and an 80 grade. So the 70 grade for me would be, um, oh man, why did I actually just forget the place? I'll just go with the 80 grade then. The 80, oh, it's 70 grades pot belly. The pot belly pizza sub with some mushrooms on it. Oh man, that is, that's some next level stuff. But then the 80 grade is, is a pub sub for sure. Ultimate on wheat, chipotle, mayo, green peppers, onions, tomatoes, toasted. I mean, the public sub is is undefeated. You're at the grocery store, so you can get any kind of fun drink you want. Uh, there's a bunch of chip options. It, it's an overall great experience. Capriati's, no experience. I, I've heard nothing but positive. Um, my current plan, I will say after this, is I'm about to go on a walk to a local Madison sandwich shop that I think is uh, the best sandwich potentially in the world. And I, I will stand by that. So I'm jealous. Yeah. I don't know. Those are, those are good answers. I appreciate the, uh, the love and, and the understanding of uh, that Jersey Michaels is for sandwich Northeast sandwich culture, which is uh, this is our, this is our culture when it comes to food, the South, we got sandwiches here, man. So what we do, we got delis. It's from Massachusetts down to New Jersey, Philadelphia area. It's kind of it's the that's yeah. the sub that's the sub and sandwich mecca of the country. What I keep hearing is that I do have to give Firehouse a. I think you might have a to. real look. Yeah, you might try Firehouse haters. Is that no, I haven't tried it. Huh? I, oh. I haven't had a Firehouse subs and like they're not around here really, so I haven't seen one in like twenty years. <laughs> I know they got one. And in if Boston, I'm in Florida, I'm the only places that I see them, I go to Publix. I go to Publix, or um, I go uh, to uh, what the hell is a stupid gas station from Pennsylvania that I'm totally Wawa. Wawa. Wawa crushes too. Wawa's right there, dude. Wawa was this is a completely different conversation. We're getting into gas station culture. We'll say that. <laughs> yeah, see, but time. I think, but I think the Wawa. So that's a. I don't go to Wawa to get gas, man. I go to Wawa to get sandwiches when I'm in Florida. Hey, yeah, man. I mean, you got Did Wawa. You into a Bucky's. Uh, here we go. Yeah, Bucky's yeah. Gas They're blowing We're up. here. <laughs> life change all the time. <laughs> yeah, and in the Northeast, you got Cumberland Farms, and then across the yeah, south, yeah, but it's not good. You got doesn't have like Wisconsin's quick trip territory, but that's K W I K rather than Q U I K. So yeah. quick trip Midwest. And I mean, sheets in the sheets yeah, like West sheets. Virginia down to North Carolina. So in Ohio too. Uh, actually, while we're putting regional flares on this, Remy, what do you got on snarfs? I had that yesterday by obligation and uh... snarfs. What's that? There you go. Good answer. That's that's that's. I hope I hope that stays your answer. That's right, a twenty. Cool. Snarfs is a twenty. Of... That's a regional uh, <laughs> regional sandwich chain. They're everywhere. Let Let me say this about Capriati's. <laughs> I typed in Capriati's sandwich shop into Google Maps uh, to get a general idea of where one might be in my area, and two popped up, and both of them are marked as permanently closed. So, I I think 
that probably says all I need to say about it because this is a town, Madison, Wisconsin. There, are, I could walk to two Quiznos right now. So if Capriati's is dead and Quiznos is alive, I think that's about all I need to say. On that. I don't know. I think they just don't market well. We've been trying to get them to promote the to uh, sponsor the podcast. <laughs> oh, sorry, I just ruined Capriati's all the time, and they have not responded. Now, so. Jake, you're a moron. I speak very highly of Capriati's. <laughs> Capriati's, if you're listening, don't listen to him. We brought him on here so that we could tee him up. <laughs> the, uh, uh, yeah 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 the public's one is interesting uh it, that's it's a new category almost matt um there are some advantages i like that he brought up the uh interesting drinks and variety of chips because that is that is a that is a feature for the pub sub um and you know they usually have something good it's not a bad italian it's it's solid you know look i like a pub sub yeah, I'm a fan. I, I wasn't thinking that we were going to grocery stores. I felt like that was a little bit off I limits. Mean, but now we're, we're talking about sub chains, and pub sub is a sub chain. I like get your grocery like that. That's the play. You get your sandwich. You finish your grocery shopping. You leave. You go home. You eat your sandwich because you just buy groceries. So yeah, there there are definitely some uh, branches here for future debate, Jeff. Uh, I definitely want to get into gas station culture at some point in a, in a <laughs> later conversation. <laughs> I, I went out this weekend and uh, I was at a zoo. And walking around the zoo, I saw a Wawa sweatshirt and two Bucky's t-shirts. Wow. wow. I told my wife, I said, gas station culture is real. It's it's on the come up. It's on the come up. There so, you go. On right. that note, we should we should wrap this up. Yeah. I want to thank Peyton. I want to thank Jake for joining us and Matt as well. And uh, all you angry LSU fans, please direct all your comments at uh, Matthew Pajak. That's P-A-J-A-K. I want <laughs> no smoke. Yeah, Jeff, get me some clips so I can get this get this going on Twitter. Get the people angry. All right, let's yeah, do I'll it. take the heat on it too. I don't care. I'll defend my answer. Yeah, if you want to give the give the heat. I'm defending the people who get paid to do this for a living. Oh wait, yeah. that's LSU too. I don't want to I don't want any cancellations <laughs> of BA subscriptions. That's all I'm saying. Hey uh hey guys, thanks for having me. I appreciate the time. Enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Peyton. Yep. Thanks, Jake. Thanks, y'all. Oh, wait, one plug. Can I do one plug? Yeah, go for it. One. You, you USA baseball, U18 national team playing in Taiwan for the 18 U World Cup starting uh, two days from now. So uh, going for back-to-back world champs at 12U and 18U this year. So uh, nice. root them on. Good plug. All right, guys. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. 
Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.